Hi everyone, it's Carter. A quick disclaimer before the episode. Riley and I are teachers in the real world. That's not made up for the show. But one thing we do make up are students. Riley and I take our roles as public community members seriously and would never use the real names or personal experiences of students in our classes, past or present. As such, any student names you hear us say are made up on the spot, and stories about our classes are highly editorialized for entertainment. Also, we like to keep our show clean of inappropriate language or content, but we feel that the stories themselves should be read without censorship of language. A content warning will be in the show's description in case we need one. That's it. Enjoy the fable, fellas. Hey there and welcome to the Fable Fellas. I am Carter. And I am Riley. Here on the Fable Fellas, we are bringing you fairy tales told unfairly uh, through wind and through rain, through storms and through sunshine, through the howling mire of um, existential dread, as well as the um, unadulterated ecstasies of emotional highs. I don't, know, doing? I don't know about the rest of that, but I am very proud of you for remembering fairy tales told unfairly this time. <laughs> oh, that's the whole that's the whole intro. That was the first time we've ever done it uncut. Oh, c- congratulations. And so you're going to have to remember that and do that next time. Oh, oh, us. gotcha. That's exactly how we do it every time now. Well, that's well, yeah, you know, I've always I've, and I've you know, I've I'm not sure if that's going to fit on the banner, Carter. Well, I I can always mock up a new that our thumbnail on podcasts took me two seconds. Oh. Probably fewer seconds than two. That, Honestly, it was pretty easy to make. That explains it. Morgan says it's terrible. Oh, it is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Do you, I mean, do we want to pay to get a, a better one? <laughs> Morgan actually did say that she was considering that being like a Christmas present this year. That would be lovely. I mean,. <laughs> Hey guys out there in uh, audience land, full disclosure, I design, I, I have produced <laughs> and created both the intro theme music to our podcast, and I can't play music, and I designed the logo for our podcast, and I have no design skills whatsoever. I wouldn't say you so, can't play music. I think it's a nice little jingle. I know how to read tabs, and that's it. I mean, that's basically all that... Uh my guitar teacher in high school taught us how to do and, yes. it, and it worked. He gave you yeah. just enough to be that guy at the campfire or that exactly. guy at the party, but then also taught us about the mental and emotional and social ethical fortitude to know not to be that guy. Oh, that's smart. Did he did like, what's the opposite of what, you know how some, some, some folks have like rituals where they get up in the morning and they look in the mirror and they say, um, what's it called? Like they say, Your like, affirmations. Gr- affirmations, yeah. So he had like the opposite of an affirmation. What's like a where he's like, I will not be that guy at the campfire. <laughs> I will not be the guitar guy at the party. Uh, I will not ask anybody if they want to hear Wonderwall. <laughs> I wouldn't say Prof did anything like that. I would say that he just talked to us a lot about 
I guess how music always has a time and place, and you gotta make sure you can read the room. But he also had a lot of other very thoughtful things. Most of them had to deal with students that would have some sort of nervousness or anxiety about performing, and about how if anyone were to actually give them crap for it, they could just hold out their guitar and say, okay, you do better, and chances are they'll back down immediately, because those kind of people are all talk. This is true. They're the same kind of people who need to sabotage jugglers. I've had a lot of experience with them. The, uh, Wait, you've had a lot of experience with juggling sabotagers? Saboteurs? Yes. Yeah. Nine out of ten people. Now, obviously, if you're on a stage or you're busking, this probably doesn't happen so often. But any... So, so I can juggle, right? And anyone I juggle in front of, nine times out of ten chance, they are going to try and sabotage you in some way. People hate juggling. And I don't think they even realize how much they hate it. But if you start to juggle, they will want to kill you. Why is that, I wonder? I honestly don't know. They do one of two things, inevitably. They'll say, like, they'll, they'll want to, like, try to grab a ball from you, which is annoying. They'll ask you if you can do more than three balls, which is also annoying. It's like, oh, wow, you can play. <laughs> like, the, the equivalent is, like, if you played, like, a song on the guitar, you're like, hey, here's, um, you know, here's On the Road Again by uh, <laughs> by the redheaded stranger and they and they're like that's great can you do the solo from stairway to heaven can and you like can you actually do the version of on the road again that was sung by willie nelson and dr teeth and the electric mayhem on that one muppets episode <laughs> like i'm sorry am i not enough for you <laughs> like was this not enough i'm sorry that i did like i'm sorry that i wanted to bring delight with a skill that i possess all right carter I want to make two points. Number one, as my friend, I promise I will never, ever try to sabotage you in the middle of your juggling act. The second is, Carter, I've never tried to sabotage you during a juggling act, have I? It's, I mean, nine out of ten. There's a nine out of ten chance you have. Oh, I don't God. remember specifically, though. I don't remember specifically either, so let's say that I haven't. <laughs> the amount of time, you know, you're, like, you're bored, so you'll pick up some rocks or tennis balls or whatever's around. And then immediately people want to throw things at you. <laughs> Put this in your routine. Do, do juggle this too. It's like, get, get real. This isn't for you. <laughs> it is kind of. This is, for, this is for everyone, but specifically not for you. I didn't know exactly. it was not for you until you started acting this way. So I have a lot of deep, <laughs> deep feelings about juggling. Clearly. Did your uh, music teacher teach you that instead of trying to play the guitar in any social opportunity possible you should wait essentially get really good at the guitar but have no one know build up your social credit enough so that like during senior prom or whatever the mc can be like and now a very special song performed for his date give it up for riley but she had no idea and then all of a sudden there you are there's one spotlight you're like wearing a different outfit and suddenly <laughs> a you're full just, you're costume change. everybody loves you and you become prom king even though everybody voted for somebody else uh prof was not anywhere near as machiavellian as that and neither was i in high school but uh to kind of establish the general vibe of the classroom he was one of those teachers that if you swore you wouldn't get in trouble you just had to do 10 push-ups it's a good idea it's a good idea it's a good idea it's a good idea I think what I'm trying to say is everyone should be good at darts like Ted Lasso, but at something else. All right. You ever see that show, Ted Lasso? No. Are you? So there's a... <laughs> oh, great. Um, 
there's this part i'm not gonna recommend it like everybody does like everybody uh, does I'm, you're I'm, not unique I'm, you're not special i'm just gonna say that there's this one part where ted lasso is dealing with a bully and they wager over uh, a game of darts that Ted will get something or the bully will get something or whatever. And it turns out that Ted Lasso is secretly really good at darts. So I think everybody should strive to have that one good thing that they're good at. So whenever there's a bully, you can wager them about that thing and shark them out of whatever it is that you want. Because you've secretly been practicing some skill for the last 20 years. Okay, so everyone needs at least one ace card. Okay. Right, exactly. But so like, if everyone you know, has an ace card, then won't it just be like, oh, that's his ace card? It won't be as uh, exciting when you finally learn? You need your senior prom moment, is the thing. I already had my senior prom. Well, no, but it's like a moment. Okay. You know, it's like a you're waiting for that type of moment, like when the bully at the bar says you need to give up your soccer team. Um, but if you win, then he has to leave his ex-wife alone. Something like that, mm, gotcha. for example. I've, like I said, I've never seen any of Ted Lasso, but I really do like that one clip where Ted Lasso gets out his lasso and he just snaps the, that little pistol right out of the Nazi's hand and then he's holding it. I think that's pretty cool. (laughs) Um, I love watching Ted Lasso's lasso compilations on TikTok whenever they come up and it's like the best 10 lasso moments that Ted Lasso lassoed. It's weird that it all comes from a single episode. Yeah. And nine of them are when he takes a gun from a Nazi. <laughs> and it's nine different Nazis. But then one of them, he like, there's like this sort of uh, damsel in distress who like knocks on his door and he's like, come in. And she like, and he whips like, the oh, door Ted. open to welcome he whips her the door open. And then she puts like a cigarette in her mouth and he whips the cigarette and somehow the cigarette is lit now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, get that for you, ma'am. And he looks right into the oh. camera and says, and that's why they call me Ted Lasso. And then he whips her again. What she don't whip. He whips the cigarette again, and the cigarette go, it like flies out of her mouth. And yeah, smoking's bad. <laughs> don't, sm- <laughs> don't smoke. And he dude. catches it out of the air and takes a long drag off of it. As he looks at Karen, says, "Remember, kids, don't do smokes." He goes, "Only once. <laughs> only once. That's the only cigarette he's ever had, and only if you really have to." <laughs> he goes, "Listen, everyone should try it. Okay, so you know how gross it is." I'm Ted Lasso. <laughs> and then he would wink at the camera and it would close like a circle. It would be, it would circle wipe to a uh, porky pig saying that's all folks. <laughs> you know, I think smoking is revolting. I always have, but I think maybe there's something to, Hey, all you kids line up. You're going to take a single drag off of a cigarette. You're going to see how badly this sucks. And then this, I hope, is going to be a better lesson than anything Dare has ever put together in all their years on the airwaves. <laughs> the only time that I will uh, I will, I will, smoke a cigarette is if I'm around people with lassos. <laughs> and I won't even light it. I won't even light the thing because it's see a what statement happens. or whatever. I just put it in my mouth and then just hope beyond hope that they'll try to whip it out of my mouth so that's why i have all those scars on my face oh okay that makes sense yeah turns out not everybody with a lasso is actually great at lassoing they have not been practicing for 20 years like ted lasso yeah most of them are pretty bad at it in fact they only picked it up because they watched an episode of ted lasso and they thought yeah this is gonna be my thing now but it's not it's Mm -hmm. ted lasso's thing and you're not Ted exactly You know, nine out of ten people, when they see a guy lassoing, will be like, can you do two lassoes? (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, with that top tier loop around, what do we've got today, Carter? <laughs> Eleven and a half minutes of banter. Good this banter. Is our first tale from Czechoslovakia. I think good banter is my thing. I think I'm ready to have fully adopt it. That's my. I agree. Can I do that? <laughs> now we just need like a, uh, a a track of people cheering and whooping and hollering <laughs> and laughing hysterically. That goes on for five minutes. This is, tale is called uh, Budalinik. Do you want to guess what that is or who that is or what that means? I was about to ask you for a spelling on that, so probably not. Sure, here it comes. B-U-D-U-L-I-N-E-K. Budalinik. Budalinik. Hmm. By, by Parker Fillmore. <laughs> that's, such a, that's such a normal 21st century name. <laughs> Parker <Yep>. Fillmore? <laughs> That's a so Disney guesses, Channel name. What does Budalinek mean, do you think, in the in the context of this story? I think, oh god, it's either a creature that shows up to give someone their comeuppance, mm-hmm. or it is the friends we made along the way. Wrong. There was once a little boy named Budalinek. Well, <laughs> I'll see myself out. He lived with his old granny in a cottage near a forest. Granny went out to work every day. In the morning when she went away, she always said, There, Budalinik, there's your dinner on the table. And mind, you mustn't open the door, no matter who knocks. She went away, and pretty soon... Oh, wait. Ah. (laughs) I skipped an entire paragraph just now. My hero. No matter who knocks. One morning, Granny said, Now, Budalinik, today I'm leaving you some soup for dinner. Eat it when dinner time comes, and remember what I always say. Don't open the door, no matter who knocks. So those two sentences ended exactly the same. You can see oh, how I gotcha, kind of gotcha, gotcha, ahead. yeah. But we needed that sentence for Chekhov's soup. Yeah, you've got to know that there's soup. That's huge. She went away, and pretty soon, Lishka, the sly old mother fox, or maybe it's Lishka. I should do my research. No. Came and... No, you shouldn't. <laughs> no, I. the only thing I did, because it comes up so often, is I looked up how to pronounce Budalinik. That's that's fair. That's fair. I wanted to say Badoodly Nick, but <laughs> I decided <kitten>. that. <laughs> she went away, and pretty soon, Lyshka, the sly old mother fox, came and knocked on the door. Badoodly Nick, she called. Whoops. <laughs> she, she says it like it's... Like, it's her catchphrase. Like, Kramer, like, swing open the door. It's like, hey, Badoodly Nick, Jerry. And everyone starts applauding. <laughs> she called, you know me. Open the door, please. Uh, Badoodly Nick called back. No, that's not my name. That's <laughs> not how you say that. And I mustn't open the door. But Laishka, the sly old mother fox, kept on knocking. Listen, Badoodly if you open the door, do you know what I'll do? I'll give you a ride on my tail. That doesn't now. sound comfortable enough to be a good sell. Mm. Well, you are not Budalinik because he thinks to himself, oh, that would be fun to ride on the tail of Lyshka the fox. Says who? Says Budalinik. <sighs> All right. So why do you you don't want to ride on this fox's tail? That's what you're getting at? No, there's... There- it's just a bunch of fur, but not a lot to actually hold on to. I'd fall off. I feel like a tail is a pretty easy thing to hold on to. Well, yeah, but it might hurt the fox. Well, but the fox offered. Well, the, mm, that so doesn't mean you should. So you're refusing out just... of charity to the, for the fox. Yes. You're like you're trying to be kind. 
Just because something is offered to you doesn't mean you have to take it, especially if it puts you, if sorry, if it makes you an inconvenience. You're like, no, I couldn't possibly. No, no. Poor tail. <laughs> well, your your feelings might change when you hear what happens next. So Budalinik forgot all about what Granny said to him every day <laughs> and opened the door. What a hero. Leish, yeah, yeah, he's like, well, I know Granny's told me every day not to open the door. But the first time I'm ever tested on this, I'm going to forget what she said. <laughs> what a hero. Leishka, the sly old thing, came into the room, and what do you think she did? Did you, do you, it, it's asking, do you think she gave Budlinik a ride on her tail? Well, she didn't. Oh. She just went over to the table and gobbled up the bowl of soup that Granny had put there for Budlinik's dinner, and then she ran away. Oh no, my soup! <laughs> my soup! No! This is the worst thing that's ever happened! I don't even know what kind of soup it is. Now I really know how those seven little goats felt. I know. They're, they're talking the next day. No, no, you don't. No, you don't. We got eaten. All of us. Except for FDR. God, would have been nice to just get some soup stoled. Yeah. I think that we would be super it. great if I just lost my soup that day. We should have thought to have, yeah, we should have thought to have soup on. Oh, sorry. Did I miss? Did I misunderstand something? Is soup the name of your brother? Oh no, I had it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's just a fairy tale characters convention, and Budalinik's like, "Hey, I had a hard time too, you know." And every character that's ever been harangued by a wild animal talking in the forest is like, "Yeah, sure, Boo. Sure, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh, I'm so, oh, yeah. How bad for you." Great soup boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My not soup boy, it's Badoodly Nick. What happened to the magical doorstep of your toe next? Ooh, my family were eaten by a wolf. All of them. Mr. Miyaka ate them, my cousins. All of them. I was the last boy on my block. <laughs> so she ate the soup. When dinner time came, Budalinik had hadn't anything to eat. In the evening, when Granny came home, she said... Budalinik, did you open the door and let anyone in? Yes. <laughs> I had let in Lyshka, the old mother fox, and she ate up all my dinner, too. Granny said, Now, Budalinik, you see what happens when you open the door and let someone in. Another time, remember what Granny says and don't open the door. The moral of the story is close yourself off from others because they will inevitably take everything. You can't never open yourself up to kindness and love. Some people might promise a ride on their tail, but hey, maybe they just want your soup. Yep, it happens. You think about that. Tail's old as time. About next time. The next morning, Granny cooked some porridge for uh, Budalinik's dinner, and said, "Now, Budalinik, here's some porridge for your dinner. Remember, when I'm gone, you must not open the door, no matter who knocks." Granny was no sooner out of sight than Lyshka came again. Oh and come knocked on! on the door. <laughs> okay, see, I was thinking, all right, maybe Lyshka has been talking in the forest, like, hey. This bu- this Budalinic kid, this kid's a punk. You offer him anything, you can anything just you go want. inside, eat his supper, and be on your merry way. But if it's the fox again, then any sort of sympathy I had for the kid is gone. Oh yeah, there's no heroes in this story. Yep, we'll only find foxes. Out. Only foxes. Oh, Budalinic, she called. Open the door and let me in. But Budalinic said... No, I won't open the door. Oh, now, Budalinik, please open the door, Lyshka begged. 
You know me. Do you know what I'll do if you open the door? I'll give you a ride on my tail. Truly, I will. Budalinik thought to himself, Oh, I don't have my pop filter on. <laughs> That's what he thought. Uh-oh. I'm, I'm going to have some explosives this episode. That's all right. All right. We're going to try that out, see if that makes things a little better from now on. Budalinik thought to himself, This time, maybe she will give me a ride on her tail. Kid. So he opened the door. Oh. Now, kid. Listen, kid. But mom, be... but mom, he said he loves me. And he sounded like he really meant it this time. Yeah, this time, this time he said, for sure, I'd get a ride on the tail. Yeah. <laughs> so I opened the door. What was I going to do? Not open the door? Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's a, it's a, t- it's a ride on a fox's tail, Granny. Who, can sa- who amongst us can say they've ever had that? Can you not resist the call of temptation? <laughs> Everyone and- should have a chance to ride on a fox's tail once. <laughs> Just to see if they like it. You know what would really be the kicker on this one? If it's just a regular-sized fox, and he's just a regular human-sized kid, it's like, how are you supposed to fit on the tail? Budalinik, what are you talking about? It's a fox. <laughs> Budalinik's like, Lyshka, I don't know how that would work. No, no, just you wait. God. You know what, Grandma? Yesterday, that dragonfly that hangs out in the garden said he's going to fly me away from here. I think I'm going to take him up on his offer. That's right. I'm gonna let him in too. <laughs> he can't take my soup. My soup's been already took. Yeah. Next day. All right, Budalinik. How'd your day go? The wolf stole my porridge, and the dragonfly sucker punched me and stole my Christmas <laughs> gift cards. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the modern equivalent of this. Oh, Budalinik, will you please go get me some Target gift cards and read me all the codes? <laughs> I'm trying to pay my bail, but they'll only accept Target <laughs> gift cards. Udalinik, do I have some Fortnite V-Bucks back here for you? Why, Budalinik, I, uh, I have access to a million dollars in my bank account, but they say I must give 10,000 of it to, ever, to the next 10 people. <laughs> Will you give me your bank details? What a, weird, what a weird bank thing to say. It is a weird bank thing to say. Maybe this time she will give me a ride on her tail. So he opened the door. Lyshka came into the room, gobbled up Budalinik's porridge, and ran away without giving him any ride at all. When dinner time came, Budalinik hadn't anything to eat. In the evening, when Granny came home, she said, Budalinik, did you open the door and let anyone in? Budalinik was crying again because he was so hungry, and he said, Yes, I let in Lyshka, the old mother fox, and she ate up all my porridge, too. Carter, I don't know about you, but if I missed my dinner two days in a row, I would be so hungry and so cranky. I wouldn't give you the benefit of the doubt. I wouldn't give my own wife the benefit of the doubt. I'd be so hangry. Like, you couldn't get anything out of me. It'd be pretty difficult to not eat that porridge straight away. Yeah. Budalinik, I left you some porridge. Great, it's gone. I mean, <laughs> Budalinik, I... Just- is there any more porridge? <laughs> <laughs> Granny, I need protein, desperately. I need it so bad. I'm so weak, I keep believing foxes. <laughs> I'm down one soup. I'm down one porridge. Life is really hard, and I only get one meal a day, as we, as, <laughs> as is your rule. <laughs> Under your roof. I hear some people outside of this cottage have three square meals a day. I wouldn't know. I've never been outside the cottage. I don't even know when my birthday is. <laughs> Lyshka the fox tells me that I shouldn't be so hungry because I would have had two other meals. 
and so she should have this porridge and this soup, but I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> Boodleenic, you're a bad boy, Granny said. <laughs> no! If you open the door again, I'll have to spank you. Do you hear? <clears throat> the next morning, before she went to work, Granny cooked some peas for Boodleenic's dinner. Peas! Peas. As soup? soon as Granny no was soup, gone... No soup, no porridge, but peas? Just peas. Hey, maybe Czechoslovakian peas are like fire. <laughs> maybe they rule, dude. This child is so hungry. Maybe it's, well, it's probably just a lot of peas, though. Yeah, like a comically tall pile of peas like you'd see in a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Yeah, huge cauldron of peas. As soon as Granny was gone, he began eating the peas. They were so good. They were so good. The end. So good. The moral Presently, of the story is peas. Yeah. <laughs> when you get your dinner, eat your dinner. Yeah. And then always say peas and thank you afterwards. Yes. Don't forget your peas and thank yous. That's what it says at the end of this story. Neat. <laughs> already gone to the end. <laughs> Presently, Lajka the fox came and knocked on the door. Budalinik, she called. Open the door. I want to come in. But Budalinik wouldn't open the door. He took his bowl of peas and went to the window and started to eat them there where Lajka could see them. <laughs> Yum! Just one <clears throat> pea at a time. Just <clears throat> These are delicious. <clears throat> just make, refusing to break eye contact. <laughs> oh, man. You may have gotten my soup and my porridge, but these peas... <laughs> <laughs> this single vegetable I'm getting for dinner. <laughs> it's the quantity that counts, Lajka, okay? You understand. I really don't. I feel like I should call the, I, I should call the authorities. <laughs> oh, Budalinik, Leishka begged. You know me. Please open the door. This time, I promise you, I'll give you a ride on my tail. Truly, I will. She just begged and begged until at last, Budalinik opened the door. Then Leishka jumped into the room, and do you know what she did? She put her nose right into the bowl of peas and gobbled them all up. Then she said to Budalinik, now here's where it twists. Oh. Now now get on my tail and I'll give you a ride. Wh what? <laughs> and then so, what happened? I'll tell you, Budalinik climbed on Lyshka's tail and Lyshka went running around the room faster and faster until Budalinik was dizzy and just had to hold on with all his might. Then, before Budalinik knew what was happening, Lyshka slipped out of the house and ran swiftly off into the forest, home to her hole, where Budalinik still on her tail. She hid Budalinik down in her hole with her three children, so she wouldn't, and she wouldn't let him out. Uh, so, things have changed. Uh, hmm. Uh, okay. Um, I love how this is uh, inverting the rule of threes in fairy tale stories where, like, the third time he's going to get spanked and learn his lesson. Nope, he's just been kidnapped. I mean, yeah, I, I already knew that this was a don't trust strangers story by the first time Lashka came around. I didn't know that this was going to be the consequences. He had to stay there with the three little foxes and they all teased him and bit him. And then he, he wa wasn't he sorry he had disobeyed his granny and oh, how he cried. When Granny came home, she found the door open and no little Budalinik anywhere. She looked high and low, but no, there was no little Budalinik. She asked everybody she met, had they seen her little Budalinik? But nobody had. So poor Granny just cried and cried. She was so lonely and sad. The end. Uh, I'm just kidding, there's uh, way more. Okay, I was going to say, if that was the end, <laughs> then this is one of the most manipulative things I have ever seen. Okay, Carter, let me ask you this. <clears throat> Did your parents ever anthropomorphize your food when you were younger? Like like the airplane or the 
No, I mean, like, did your parents ever say, oh, but that last little bit of food is going to be so sad that you didn't need it? Hmm. Now, this is not... I don't think if this has happened, it was certainly not... didn't happen enough that I have strong memories of it. It happened enough to me that I... <laughs> that I had to untrain my brain after many years realizing, wait, no, I can't just eat all this food just because I don't want food to be sad. Food doesn't feel anything. <laughs> So many years after that, like in the dining hall at Western, you were like looking, you were full, but you were looking at your like last piece of like last French toast strip <laughs> and you were like, oh, it looks, it's so lonely. I need, I, I have to do the right thing. here. <sighs> you know what? Yeah. I think it was, it was definitely during my college age. I started to realize, oh, Hey, that's a thing that happened to me. <laughs> and like, I, so did you like, obviously you know, criticizing your parents and the way they raised you can only really go so far. But in this particular camp, it definitely didn't help me have the most healthy relationship with food sometimes. And this fairy tale is definitely in the same camp of if it like if it ended there, it would just be, oh, yeah, you just don't make your family sad, like guilting them into behaving Essentially, I really would have been a lesson for Granny. That's for sure. Like, stop leaving Budalinik home alone. <laughs> yeah, you horrible woman. <laughs> um, did you, did you slowly come to realize and st- to stop and amp- feeling like your food was lonely, or did you one time out loud to somebody say, "Are you not going to eat your last few potatoes? They look so lonely," and they gave you a look that was like. <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> okay, thankfully that never happened. I don't really have a specific moment where it clicked. I think I just stopped, and looking back on it, I'm like, hey, that was kind of a weird thing. Well, then you dodged a bullet, that's for sure. Because yeah. most of the time, when people are like, when, when parents raise their kid with some sort of something like that, they only learn how crazy they sound when they say it in front of others. Adding on to that, would you like to hear a moment where that actually happened to me yeah we better okay you you know my father fairly well right you know he's kind of a jokey kind of guy like i am i'd say barely but go on well he has this thing where sometimes he just kind of like randomly makes words up like as if he's shakespeare himself and for (laughs) years when i was very young he would refer to a spoon as a boosh And somehow I got it into my mind that, okay, that he's not just making anything up. So it, that must be the Spanish word for spoon. Yeah. That's a bush. And, uh, (laughs) the time where I learned that was not the case was in my high school Spanish class. Were you like showing off where you're like, Hey, I already know stuff. Teach (laughs) this morning. I ate my pudding with a bush. Like I did. Yo, como, my pudding <laughs> with la bouche. I don't remember the exact <laughs> circumstances. I just remember coming from class that day, and my dad's like, hey, how's school? And I was like, you idiot. Do you realize what you've done to me? How could you, father? Papa. I wish a fox had stolen me away all those years ago. I'm going to go eat my ice cream with a, with a spoon now. With a spoon. I do love my father very much. You you walk through the house. You immediately open the silver drawer. You grabbed you gra- <laughs> you grabbed a spoon. You went up to him and you were like, "What are these? <laughs> what are these?" Are you, let's go through the whole drawer. What else have you been talking to me about? Oh God, <laughs> is this a fork? Can I how do, how can I know? Next thing you're gonna tell me is that you didn't actually undergo training at the octagon. Why are you giving me that look? 
This big one, yeah, I'm sure it's a ladle. That sounds so made Yeah, up. you sound ladle. so crazy right now. Ladle. What kind of word is that? Anyway, the story so wasn't finished. Whoopsie. It's not the end of the story. When Granny came home, nope, sorry, she was lonely and sad. One day, an organ grinder with a wooden leg began playing in front of Granny's cottage. The music made her think of Budalinic. I couldn't remember how to say the name. <laughs> organ grinder, Granny said. Here's a penny for you, but please don't play anymore. Your music makes me cry. Why does it make you cry? The organ grinder it's asked. So because the music makes me cry. <laughs> there's nothing I can do. I only want to be with you. Your music reminds me of Budalinic, <laughs> Granny said. And she told the organ grinder all about Budalinic and how somebody had stolen him away. And then he pulled off his wig and revealed it was adult Budalinic. When I pre-read this story, I 100% thought <laughs> that, that was going to happen too. Very first thought. The organ grinder said, Poor Granny, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go around and play my organ, and I'll keep my eyes open for Budalinic. If I find him, I'll bring him back to you. Will you? Granny cried. If you bring me back my little Budalinic, I'll give you a measure of rye and a measure of millet and a measure of poppy seed and a measure of everything in the house. And I'll let you take a ride on my tail. And you can ride on my tail. And I'll bring you to my foxhole, and all of my children will kick you and bite you. <laughs> when you put it like that, maybe I won't help you find your Budalinic. What? <laughs> Excuse me? So the organ grinder went off, and everywhere he played his organ, he looked for Budalinic, but he couldn't find him. At last, one day, while he was walking through the forest, he thought he heard a little boy crying. He looked around everywhere until he found a fox's hole. Oh ho, he said to himself, I believe that wicked old Leishka must have stolen Budalinik. She's probably keeping him here with her own three children. I'll soon find out. So he put down his organ and began to play. And as he played, he sang softly, One old fox and two, three, four, and Budalinik makes one more. Uh, old Leishka. All right. But, yeah, so, you know. I, he's, he, uh, I wish more bespoke. fairy tales had a heroic organ grinders show up out of nowhere right and you know like he's just cranking a box and that's <laughs> the best part of this i feel like he's like everyone's <laughs> favorite D npc that just shows up out of nowhere and everyone's just elated what if your ted lasso darts was playing the organ grinder <laughs> all i'd have to do is crank the wheel carter that's not an ace in the hole i know <laughs> you just you just thought it'd be silly it's just the silliest idea. Carter, you're so silly. Can you imagine? Like, here's what here's what it would be, right? I can I can I can write the sketch in my head. There's this like D-bag guitar guy at a party. And so you're the guy who brings an organ grinder so that when he's finished playing Wonderwall, you're like, okay guys, you all listen to him, so you have to listen to me now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, with that twitch, with that twist, that is objectively fantastic. Yeah, and then every, and then the best part is that guitar guy gets to see how much of just like how much of a pos he looks in front of him. He's like, oh my god, is that what I look like? Oh my god! Oh no, oh, is that me? Oh no! 
I see through a mirror darkly. <laughs> that cannot be what I am. <laughs> hey, SNL, that one's free. No, it's not. That hey, one us. is yours. Yeah, you have to you, oh, hire us. Yeah. That'd be fun. Please get me out of here. What if we did that for like the next few years? That'd be cool. Yeah. What if we made Fablefell as a recurring segment on Saturday Night Live? <laughs> uh, we can dream. Yeah. How about it, our three listeners? Would that be cool for you? <laughs> Petition. <laughs> old Leishka heard the music playing, and she said to her oldest child, Here, son, give the old man a penny and tell him to go away, because my head aches. So the oldest little fox climbed out of the hole and gave the organ grinder a penny and said, My mother says... That's kind of the old woman <laughs> voice. Hold on. Here you go, my, my 50-year-old says... son. <laughs> Please, will you go away because her head aches? As the organ grinder reached over to take the penny, he caught the oldest little fox and stuffed him into a sack. Uh, hmm. Then he went on. All right. Lysha's getting a little playing. taste of her own medicine, huh? <laughs> and he's singing this time. One old fox and two and three. And Budalinik makes four for me. Presently, Lyshka sent out her second child with a penny, and the organ grinder caught the second little fox in the same way and stuffed it also into his sack. Then he went on grinding his organ. Crank. crank <laughs> and softly, softly singing. Sorry, I forgot it was softly. One old fox and another for me, and Budalinik, he makes three. I wonder why that old man still plays his organ. Lyshka said, and sent out her third child with a penny. I'm going to be bankrupt if this kid doesn't come back. <laughs> so the organ grinder caught the third little fox and stuffed it also into his sack. Then he kept on playing and singing softly. One old fox, I'll soon get you. And Budalinik, he makes just two. At last, Lyshka herself came out. So he caught her, too, and stuffed her in with her children. Man. Then he sang. Not that, not that great a fox. No, it's not. It's also not a like action pack sequence here. It's no, just like, it's... I, I'll take you, and I'll take you, yeah, and I'll take you, and yoink, and yoink, and yoink. <laughs> Four naughty foxes cut alive, and Budalinik, he makes five. The organ grinder went to the hole and called down, Budalinik, Budalinik, come out. As there were no foxes left to hold him back, Budalinik was able to crawl out. When he saw the organ grinder, he cried and said, Oh, please, Mr. Organ Grinder, I want to go home to my granny. I'll take you home to your granny, the Organ Grinder said. But first I must punish these naughty foxes. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, no. It's that part of the episode we always dread. The, <laughs> that part the, of the story. The audacious animal cruelty. Uh, I don't... Well, I guess we'll have to decide if this one needs a content warning. The organ grinder cut a strong switch and gave the four foxes in the sack a terrible beating until they begged him to stop and promised they would never again do anything to Budalinik. Then the organ grinder let them go and he took Budalinik home to Granny. Just to Granny Budalinik, was delighted. Huh? They got off easy. Yeah, right? Yeah, okay, we can't harass this one kid and steal food from this one kid. Yeah, that's really making them take responsibility for their actions. Yeah, take that. I'll hit you with a stick. <laughs> no, not a stick. No. <laughs> well, we can change. <laughs> but I won't. <laughs> we won't change, though. We... I'm going to go over to Sudalinix door next. <laughs> and then afterwards, soup. if we just repeat this, I'll go to Bubulinix's house. <laughs> <laughs> G 
Granny was delighted to see her little Budalinik, and she gave the organ grinder a measure of rye and a measure of millet and a measure of poppy seed and a measure of everything else in the house, and Budalinik never again opened the door. The end. For real this time. He never opened the door, he never left the house. He stayed a shut-in forever, traumatized by his experience. I think that our lesson, the lesson is clear. But I want to, so I want to approach this from from the from the perspective of Leishka the fox, who I think the real, the true moral of the story, the hidden moral of the story is, don't mess with a good thing. If you've got a great system to get this kid's dinner every day, don't upset the apple cart. On top of that, she had literally nothing to gain by kidnapping that kid. All exactly. <laughs> the only thing she got out of it was, oh, my three children had someone to viciously bully that wasn't also one of my kids. She got soup, porridge, and peas, and who knows how long that could have gone on. Budalinik was an idiot. He probably would have opened the door day- yeah, even after a spanking. What on earth? Like, why would she go, okay, I guess a promise is a promise. Like... <laughs> <laughs> feel bad for you so hop on whoops but then she didn't feel she just wanted to take him and like so her kids could bite him and kick him and like what that's not dinner it's not dinner is that better and also there was no there's no thematic solution for what was going on like they just depended on the kindness of this mystery organ grinder who wandered in and decided to do something about it it is yeah and then Obviously, we need another hero, more heroic organ grinders. But like, so he's like he's like the woodsman function essentially, mm-hmm. except he just sings. And instead of chopping off like you know killing wolves with axes, he just sings so poorly that he gives mother foxes a headache. So she has to send her children out to make him go away. Ugh. What a bizarre way to end that story. Yeah, and he never opened the door again, ever. He never opened the door. Not again. even as an adult. He was yeah, he became a total uh, shut-in, and he never, never went outside. Well, you know, and but fair, fair bet. I mean, if you were stuck in a hole for days and days, getting kicked and bit by foxes, and then got rescued by an organ grinder, what was like? What was that, what, what? What did Leishka want? Food and Leishka also, to... and you know what? The youngest of the foxes was getting bullied all the time by the eldest two, and she's like, I. I've tried parenting. I'm all out of options. I'm just going to get them a whipping boy. <laughs> now, nah, yeah, there's just there's just some. There needs to be a a post interview with uh, with Lyka. with Lyka, just to see what she was doing this whole time. It's like one of those talking head moments, or like behind the scenes where she's she's in like a blank room with like a red curtain behind her and she's like so when i initially kidnapped budalinka for the first time yes i was trying to keep my promise but also my two oldest foxes are absolute jackwads to the my worst tra- my youngest just the worst and i can't get them to stop and mother you know being a mother's really hard um and i had a headache <laughs> i've lied to them already about what silverware is called and that hasn't <laughs> fixed anything so what i'm gonna do is i'm just gonna i just thought hey get get her get them a punching bag I never would have expected that an organ grinder had any idea who Budalinga was. So, egg on my face. She's in like a cast. She's yeah. Like, she's got like a, her head is wrapped up in band-aids and she's got her arm in a sling. Like in the, in, whenever any cartoon is injured, they always have that like one look. <laughs> yeah. With, they've got one elevated leg. They've got a head wrapping. One of their arms is in a cast. <laughs> 
Uh, oh, okay. My screen blacked out, but everything is fine. Turn back on. <laughs> Just fell asleep. My favorite scene from Streetcar Named Desire is when Blanche holds the hand of that one guy and says, I have always depended on the kindness of random organ grinders. <laughs> my favorite... My favorite is when the streetcar goes through like a Burger King and then Granny says like now and, and I'm going to leave the car the streetcar now and <laughs> you mustn't open the streetcar for anyone while I'm gone. But then they open it for like a random wolf and <laughs> takes the Burger King. <laughs> I haven't seen a streetcar named Desire. I ever. I read it in high school and I don't remember there being an actual streetcar in the play. Whoa. Wait, so what 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 did it mean? Are you Googling it? No, I just don't remember. <laughs> a streetcar named Desire. A street, a street car. car. A streetcar. A streetcar named Desire. A street A streetcar. You know, I was about to say that the word streetcar is very stupid because all cars <laughs> are, car, are, are on streets, but then I remembered that we also say airplane and I was like, well, that's then that that's that, that goes nowhere. Yeah. It's just repetitive. We say, we say, but we should call every car a street car because we say airplane and we say spaceship. <laughs> well, I mean, there are, we say there are watercraft. actual ships. Like, that's also interchangeable with boats. Yeah, we don't say watership. A water boat. Well, no, we say watership wa- down. When there, when one of them goes down, we say, oh, there's watership down. Watership down, ocean liner. That That's. But what's that? Like, that's oh, car. Like, they line the ocean? I don't think that one tracks, Carter. Well, the liners are the big ones. The big boats. The ocean liner. That's a real, that's a phrase, that's real. It is a phrase, I but I don't think it's repetitive like the other examples. Oh, I just assumed that liner was the vehicle part of that word. That a, a liner is a type of boat. Oh, maybe. Liner is type of boat. They say ocean liner, but why? why is liner part of it? What is called ocean liner? Another. Okay, I'm bringing it up. Man, <laughs> getting off Google. It's comedy poison. Our attention span has been non-existent this episode. Let's get in the streetcar and drive on home. Drive on home. You got a fast streetcar. I got a plan to get us out of here. Hi, hi. Got a bowl of porridge and some peas. Hi, hi. <laughs> Oh no, Leshka is bullying me, bullying me, bullying me. Oh, you know what I just heard go off in the kitchen? What? My uh, timer, my dough is rising. <laughs> so I'm, I was ma- I'm making bagels. Nice. So, you know what that means. If I'm making bagels and the timer's going off, it's time for a book recommendation. <laughs> there should be a... There should be a... Uh, what do they call it? There should be an audio package here. Yeah. To transition us. <laughs> Um, like a little jingle. Yeah. Uh, so this this week, I would like to recommend a book called Perdido Street Station by China Melville. Now, I've told you about this book before. You have, online, yeah. But I want to recommend it to people who like dense, dense fiction. People who like people who consider themselves strong readers, but are willing to Google word definitions every page. Mm, so it's I've a real exercise, it. then. It is It is quite something. And and for some of them, you just skip. You're like, well, that word probably means just, like, gross or big or something. And <laughs> But he's just <laughs> he's decided to use the most archaic word he can think of for this um, 
for this de- this description. The premise is this like a massive uh, dystopian dirty cityscape where all sorts of sentient creatures live and function together in in, in a, a melting pot with lots of different sort of like classes and neighborhoods and all these things uh, is the story of uh, an inventor scientist researcher who is attempting to restore an ability to a creature who has lost it. And you've also got, he is romantically entangled with an artist who has gotten a contract to do a job that she finds incredibly disturbing, but thrilling at the same time as, as sort of an avant-garde um, bohemian artist. So these two people who are living uh, a lot, you know, just kind of on, on the, on the edge of society are both wrapped up in very dramatic events that are seem to have that are going to have consequences that shake up the entire structure of the city itself but it's written in a very very compelling and cool way like everything every page you're like wow i would have never thought to like you could put prose together like that that was crazy hmm. so i highly recommend it it's a i call it a book for book lovers <laughs> not the book you want to pick up if you're like i haven't Got been reading a while in a while. Not a casual so, read by any margin. Not a casual read. No, it's it, this book is a chore. It's like you, I'm, I am reading paragraphs over and over again just to try and decode them. But I'm loving every step yeah. of the way. Perdido Street Station. It's a chore, says Carter. It's a fun chore. <laughs> it's a satisfying chore. Oh, I don't know that we said this on our last episode, but we are now. Have we said that we're available on like a hundred more podcast platforms now? I don't believe we had because the last episode we recorded well the last episode that we posted was the uh unhinged from time one that's right so in the wake of google podcast announcing its closure i went ahead and like googled top podcast distributors and uh put our rss feed up on all of them so hopefully it's like whenever we we or anyone listening hears somebody say i'd use this podcatcher you can say look it up it's probably there <laughs> excellent it's too many to list all, off all of them. We're on the big ones, and we're also on a hundred other obscure ones. Hell yeah. So that's good. Our meteoric rise continues onwards. Yeah. Now there's nothing in our way. <laughs> nothing can stop us. <laughs> so with that, do 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 spread the word. Spread the, spread the truth about the yeah, Spread the fellas. good word. Spread the good word. We are here every other week. Uh, mostly. And if we're not, shut up. <laughs> we certainly are trying. We, we, are, we haven't we haven't stopped. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's what you can tell people. We're certainly trying our best. <laughs> All right, I've been Carter. I'm still Riley. Keep it vitty, 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 vitty.